Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, uh, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and he said to them, So whoever wants to come to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him saying, well, this fellow began to build a tower and is not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So this morning, we are continuing on in our sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, And this week, we are into the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, that is faithfulness. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanted to ask this question. And feel free to shout out if you want to. Curious. What do you think are the most important ingredients for someone who is building a team? As in, what does a a good team need to have as a part of that team? Trust. Absolutely. Trust. Crucial. Character? Absolutely. What what else? What was that? Loyalty? Patience? Absolutely. Patience, crucial in a team. Loyalty, crucial in a team. What else? Camaraderie? Skill. Wonderful to have the right skills in a team. Anything else? A leader? Absolutely. A good team needs leadership. Uh, What about um, hard work? It's good to have a a team that's willing to work hard. What about courage? I think a a good team is in need of of courage, especially anybody who wants to accomplish anything with a group of people in this day and age is going to need to have courage as a part of that team. 
This spring, uh, Ellen, we, we, our family, we were watching March Madness. And uh, anybody else like to watch the, yeah, the, the NCAA basketball finals? That's my favorite time of the year to watch sports. Uh, I don't really, I, I, that's the time I, I pay attention. I start paying attention to all the, the college basketball teams. Uh, I, I really enjoy March Madness. So we were watching uh, this year the Duke basketball coach, Coach K. We watched him play his very last basketball game, or coach his very last basketball game. Many people consider Coach K to be the GOAT of college basketball coaching. That's the greatest on, what, the greatest of all time? The GOAT, the greatest of all time. He knew how to put a college basketball team together and to lead that team. He began coaching Duke in 1980. He was 33 years old when he became the head coach of Duke basketball team. His last game was 42 years later, four decades later at the age of 75. And it was against Duke's great rival, North Carolina, and it was in the final four. It was an amazing game. Before that, Coach K had led Duke to 36 NCAA tournaments. They advanced to 12 Final Fours in four different decades. They won five national championships. When the USA Olympic Committee needed to put together a team, a Team USA basketball, a, a coach was needed to, to coach these big wig in, uh, uh, NBA players, you know who they turned to? Coach K, college basketball coach. And he led Team USA to Olympic gold medals in 2002 and 2012 and in 2016. So it's not a stretch to say that Coach K is generally regarded as one of the, if not the best basketball coach of all time. His career, he has 1,200 wins. And that is a title that will likely never be beaten, at least by a, a Division I NCAA basketball coach. So I think he knew the ingredients for a good team. He knew how to motivate, to inspire, to teach, and to lead. He once said, to me, teamwork is the beauty of our sport. Teamwork is the beauty of our sport, where you have five acting as one. He said, you become selfless. For a coaching connoisseur like Coach K, a good team was a work of art. Beautiful is how he describes it. Watching five act as one is beautiful. When that's happening, when you are part of something like that, you become selfless, he says, and it's beautiful. For a team to flourish, you have to have people who are selfless, thinking about the whole, not just themselves. Five becoming one. Five selves becoming one team. One team leading to 1,202 wins. It's beautiful. When Jesus began his ministry on earth, he was also in his early 30s, incidentally, coincidentally. 
when he began his movement to show the, the kingdom of God on earth as a real and present in this world to lead people into a way of living that revealed that kingdom of God. He began by creating a team. What do you call that team? Disciples. How many were there? Twelve. A team of twelve disciples. These twelve disciples were the core of what becomes crowds of people following Jesus. Coach K had about four decades to cultivate his coaching skills and build Duke into the powerhouse that it is today. Jesus had just a few short years with his disciples, but his team is still on the field. And it is continuing to grow over 2,000 years later. And I think that he would agree with Coach K's assessment that, that watching single individuals grow into a community is a thing of beauty. Jesus called people out of their self-focused lives into communities that we call the church. He called fishermen to lay down their nets and, and to instead come fish for people, to become part of a community that, that seeks to welcome all of the earth. He calls people out of their lives as loners, seeking first their own good. He calls them into lives of fellowship, into commitment to each other. He even calls people to expand their focus from their own families to the whole family of God. What we heard in the gospel reading, which, which sounds really harsh, is really Jesus' way of saying, who doesn't becoming, you know, a disciple, you, you got to sit down and you got to think about what you're doing. You got to think about the team that you're becoming a part of. What person who building, a, maybe let's say this church, what doesn't put a committee together and think about what's the budget going to be? How much does it cost? Are we going to be able to do it? No, if you don't, you, you, you you get maybe a one course and then you have to stop and then you look silly, you're ridiculous. You didn't calculate the costs of what you were doing. That's how we should, that's how serious we should take discipleship, Jesus says. Sit down, think about the cost of what you are doing by following me, what might be asked of you. Think about that commitment. Think about that you are many becoming one. Consider the costs and what might be asked of you. Jesus calls people out of their individual selves into a, a community, into a team. We sense the kingdom of God among us when individuals become communities of care. When individual families begin to focus more on the well-being of the whole community than just their own family members. It's a thing of beauty, Jesus might say. When individuals start to act as one and become selfless. It's faithfulness that is being demonstrated here on the college basketball team in the kingdom of God. They are demonstrating faithfulness to each other and faithfulness to something that is greater than themselves. And it's a thing of beauty when you see it. It's a thing of triumph. Fruits of the Spirit are the ingredients that Paul says are necessary for the church to flourish, for faith to grow, and for the kingdom of God to be revealed. He does not list selflessness, as Coach K did, but faithfulness is pretty close. Faithfulness is what is on display when people are able to become selfless. I think I would define faithfulness, that, that the faithfulness that Paul is speaking of, as the trust of and commitment to something greater than yourself. 
Faithfulness is, is trusting and committing to something greater than yourself. That's faithfulness. A team that succeeds does so because the individual members become selfless. They are proving that they are committed to the team and not just to their own skills, their own fame. Their commitment is trusted then by the other members. They have proven themselves as trustworthy through their demonstrated faithfulness. Faithfulness is literally the quality of being full of faith. Faith in God, faith in each other. To be full of faith is to demonstrate a spirit of faithfulness. It looks like being hopeful about the future. Because we have faith in God's promises to to be with us and to bring us through any hardship. To bring us even through death. To demonstrate a spirit of faithfulness is to be generous, trusting that we believe that there is enough to share and that we will be cared for. To demonstrate faithfulness is to share our lives with others, trusting that God is present in the community and makes himself known where love of neighbors and love of God is primary. It makes sense that communities that are outward-focused are the ones that are growing today because that focus is refreshingly unique in our own time. It shows that that this is a community that is about something other than themselves and their own survival. This is a community that is confident and not anxious. This is a community where I can belong because they will welcome me and help me to connect in something more hopeful and more promising than what so many others in the world are selling. Outward, kingdom-focused communities demonstrate faithfulness, a trustworthy commitment to something greater than themselves, that is namely God in God's beloved community. Faithfulness is one of the most common attributes of God in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, God is described as faithful. It's often paired with God's hesed. We've talked about hesed before. Hesed is loving kindness. So God's often described as uh, having faithfulness and loving kindness. God is trustworthy and unchanging. God is faithful. God's faithfulness in the Bible is defined often as reliability. God is always reliable. It's described as creating peace and stability. God's faithfulness actually creates for us a peace and a stability. When we trust God's faithfulness, we can be at peace. That's a stabilizing thing for us. It's often defined, God's faithfulness is often defined simply as being true. That's not just that God, that it's true that God is faithful, it's that that God is, that God exists in the world, that that is the truest thing that exists. In a world of uncertainty, a world of lies, a world of fake news, God and God's faithfulness is a sure foundation. God is there. God is real. God is present. God is loving, forgiving, inviting, and faithful. God's love never fails. God's will never fails. And God will never leave you or forsake you. God is faithful. 
we learn faithfulness from God. It is God's commitment to us and then God's faithfulness, our trust in God's faithfulness empowers us. God's faithfulness is called a sure way in Genesis because we can trust God's commitment to us, to our good. We can be emboldened to be strong and courageous ourselves, to be bold in our own lives. Jesus calls disciples to follow this way, to be faithful themselves. But, but faithfulness does not uh, mean easy. It does not mean free of struggles. In fact, Jesus says it means taking up our crosses, facing our own trials, taking risks for the sake of the kingdom. You become selfless. We are called to demonstrate our faithfulness, to risk loving and serving boldly because we can trust that God is faithful first. We, the church, are called to be faithful beacons of stability in our communities. Through our faithfulness, we help a community heal and grow because they have a place and a people whom they can trust and be, to be committed and steadfast. I uh, met a woman named, named Jackie when Jackie was a little girl, her parents took her to church, she and her siblings. Her parents demonstrated faithfulness. They created a home where Jackie could explore and grow. But it was not always that way. And soon that started to change. That family started to change when Jackie's mother began to act in unpredictable and sometimes violent ways towards Jackie and her siblings. Her mother was, was taken to different doctors and, and then was finally diagnosed with some significant mental illnesses, and they only got worse. When Jackie did something wrong, her mother would lash out in anger, even at the smallest thing, and would mentally and physically hurt Jackie and her siblings. So Jackie tried to never do anything wrong, which is really hard for a little kid. It's hard for... It's hard for anybody. But her mission was to be perfect, to avoid the abuse. But often her mother would lash out at her anyway for no reason at all or for e even doing exactly the right thing. It was confusing. It was traumatizing. It was dislocating. Jackie's home was a place of unpredictability. And as a child, she lacked the foundation of faithfulness. So Jackie, understandably, left home as soon as possible. But she, to this day, carries the reminders of every blow. She is an anxious perfectionist. She is striving to do what is right at all times, working harder than anyone else, but still wondering, when will that hit come? When will the, 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 the ceiling fall? When will the, the ground fall underneath her? She's never trusting that she is good enough, never trusting the love of others is real, reliable. One of my favorite hymns proclaims, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, and there is no shadow of turning in thee. Jackie told me that because she couldn't trust the faithfulness of her own parents, she relies on God as her faithful parent. And unlike her own mother, there is no shadow of turning 
with God. No darkness in God. No unpredictable rage in God. Because the hymn proclaims, Thou changest not. Thy compassion fails not. God is faithful. God is faithful where people can fail us. Even sometimes children who rely most on faithfulness to be their bedrock of their own identity as they grow to become adults. In a way, what Jackie grew up with is what many people, I think, experience in our world. You, you can do all of the right things. You can do all the right things, but you can still end up hurt and confused and dislocated. And this is why the church is called to be a place that is faithful, full of people who are trustworthy and committed to loving. You can see then why it is so damaging when the church proves itself to be exactly not a place that is safe and reliable and dependable. We are called to be the beacons of faithfulness in a world that can be so unpredictable. We are called to be beacons of faithfulness, not just of our own faithfulness, but of God's faithfulness, preaching and demonstrating God's unchanging, unconditional, loving kindness. And we will fail, but God is faithful and will prevail. Just as we love because God first loved us, we are blessed with the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness because God is first faithful to us. And so we take hope and courage in God's faithfulness, and we become selfless, and we give ourselves to God's mission of building one faithful people fueled by the promises of God, which is pardon for sin, a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all ours with 10,000 beside because great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then... May God be with you.